Welcome to ICUP with We. This is a podcast that chronicles our pursuit of knowledge as we explore the pop culture phenomenon that is the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing Shaggy Two Dope's 2006 solo album, Fuck the Fuck Off. What is up, everybody? Welcome and welcome back. It is November. I am not alone. I am here with the co-host with the co-most. His name is Eric. Eric, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Um, my life is super good. You know, same old, same old. Just chilling, chilling, working, uh, living. You know, all all things that we are just doing. We are like we are making that happen. Ooh, I will say, uh, we got a ring doorbell. I installed it last week. Well, that's you know um, what? That's a great idea. Yeah, with the uh, attempted break in and all that, uh, and the multiple to go and do that. truck th- theft thefts thieving. Yes. Um. Yes, my truck was stolen for a second time in two months. I think yeah. I hit on that last week. We, we did. We, um, we touched on that. Yes. Maybe it was a week before, but yeah, so we, we got a ring doorbell and then we also ordered on, um, bed, bath and beyond, uh, dot com. Uh, by the way, this is go ahead and roll our ad for bed, bath and beyond real fast. Do you need a robotic vacuum? Maybe some new sheets or silverware. Head on over to bed, bath and beyond the official supplier of blankies and more. Use offer code ICUPWWE at checkout to receive your very own error message. Bed, bath, and beyond, because fuck your kitchen and living room. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We ordered on uh, bedbathandbeyond.com a Ring uh, security camera, Ring brand security camera. Um, so that should come in in the next couple days. We're going to put that on our back patio. Hell yeah. Gonna be fun times, fun times, fun times. Uh, I'm super stoked on it. That's a good thing. I'm glad for you that you're doing that. That's That's good. I like uh, when we get food deliveries. Mm-hmm. I like that I don't have to wait for them to text me that we got a food delivery or for them to say like, hey, I just dropped it off. I get a real-time notification on my phone because the Ring doorbell sees them putting the food on my front doorstep. <laughs> what if Ring was like, alert, creeper at your front door, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, no, that's just my food. It's fine. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, but I will say the one bad thing is... And this is a bad thing, Eric. Yes. So I live in an apartment. You do. So I also get notifications every time, every once in a while when people will just walk past in the hallway. Mm. Um, and usually I'll click on them and, and look and kind of see like, okay, how many times is this person taking out their fucking dog today? Because this is like the fifth time. And uh, I notice this guy, one of my neighbors, one of my kind, good neighbors, we got a notification while he was walking past our door, uh, holding a big bag of Whataburger and a big Whataburger cup. And for the next hour after I checked that notification, I was like, man, I really want Whataburger. (laughs) I think I have to go get Whataburger. And what did you know? 
I went and got Whataburger for dinner that night. <laughs> wow. So it's a good food advertiser. I'll tell you that. Much. Advertising works. Do you ever see any um, sort of unsavory or uh, seedy activity going on in the hallway? Like, you know, somebody out there uh, I don't know, shooting up or having sex or something like that. And you're like, whoa, what? What's happening here? Um, unfortunately, not. As much as I would love to get a notification that people are having sex outside of my door, um, <laughs> has not happened yet. But the second it happens, I promise I will text you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm. I also. I wonder, like, uh, if you go to Pornhub and search "ring doorbell," are there <laughs> videos of that? Wait a minute. Now that's interesting. It's just. A, I, I don't. I'm sure there are. There's got to be. There's got to be listeners. Uh, Find out for us. They're probably all fake. It's probably like like uh, saw my neighbor's stepfather and stepdaughter having sex in the hallway through my ring doorbell, and it's like this weird fisheye video or something. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Listen, listen. Let's get real for a second. Let's get real. If there's one thing that you can take away from this episode, is go watch porn and report back to us. <laughs> That's what we're asking you to do. That's what we are asking you to do. Go watch pornography and report back. And we, when we say report back, we're asking for legitimate, you know, properly formatted reports. We want to know all the details, you know, everything that you can find. This is like, pretend you are a detective. Actually, go to school. Get licensed as a detective. Work your way up through the ranks. Then do this research for us. Uh, MLA formatted paper. Yes. I need it properly cited. Yep. All and references. you definitely need to be licensed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then report back to us. Then, only then report back then to us. So uh, we'll wait four years for you to go get a degree yeah. and that stuff hey it happens it has to happen right right um for this to be done right at least hey i just thought of a funny oh, do you want to hear a funny story about something that happened this week oh absolutely yeah uh i make a lot of bizarre observations uh bizarre s- bizarre sign yes seinfeldian <laughs> observations you might say uh okay <laughs> but so we we're driving in the car and you know how sometimes you see cars that say like baby on board or something like they have yes, a sticker in yeah. the window. I saw one that said twins on board. And I was like, who the fuck cares? I was like, <laughs> like, you let me know that there's a baby. And I guess that's to make sure that, you know, I'm careful, right? Like, be, be careful. There's a baby in here. Don't drive like an asshole. Uh, okay. I kind of right. get that. But I'm like, I was like, who gives a shit that your kids look the same? That doesn't like, I'm going to yeah. stay away from my car. <laughs> And Christy just goes, yeah, fuck your dumb alien kids. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Dude, I laughed so hard. Good God. Dude, honestly, though, that's, that's weird. <laughs> Although, could, could, could they be talking about twins as in children or twins as in, like, uh, a clever name for a nice pair of titties? They could be talking about either. Or they could be talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. I don't know. Ooh, they could be. Um, now I want uh I want to get one if we ever have kids. Oh, yeah. uh, ugh, I don't know if we uh if the world wants that, but if we if we ever have kids, um I want to get us a custom made sign that just says um 
cum spawn on board. <laughs> Ew. We saw yeah. one the other day that said babies up in this bitch. Oh, that's that's good. That's clever. That's yeah, funny. It's pretty that's funny. whimsical. It's pretty whimsical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, there you go. That's well, what's hey. going on in our lives. Uh, ring Hell doorbell yeah. porn and dumb alien twins. Ring doorbell porn and dumb alien twins might need to be the name of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> might um, be. <laughs> it definitely needs to be in the description. For at sure. Least. For sure. For sure. Um, so if you scroll, go and scroll on down there, you'll see uh, those words in the description. Yeah. Um, and while you're scrolling, we're actually going to go ahead and move on. Yes. Um, and we're going to start talking about, so we're in a new year. So let's start by taking a look at the top hip hop albums of good old 06. Yeah, let's uh, take it away. As we've been uh, doing for a while now, here are the top 10 first week album sales. These are the ones that people were most hyped about, that people rushed out and and bought and uh, ended up being very popular albums that year. Uh, Number one. Jay-Z, Kingdom Come, featuring the song, Show Me What You Got. Which Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Number two, T.I., King, with the song, What You Know. And I just, I'm just going to throw this out there. I love that song. I still love that song. What you know about me? What you, what you know about me? Yeah, T.I. killed it. It's like, what you know about that? <laughs> No, this song says, what you know about that? What you know about that? I know all about that. And there's a line where he says, uh, Louis Knapsack, where I keep all the work at. And I always thought that was a hilarious line. (laughs) Dude, good old Louis Vuitton Knapsack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is is a good song. What better way to be subtle in the hood when you're keeping your work, in quotes, uh, on your body than to put it in a Louis Vuitton backpack so that nobody suspects that you have money or drugs in your backpack? Oh, yeah. Nobody would suspect that at all. No, no, not at all. (laughs) All right. Moving on to number three, The Game released Doctor's Advocate. Uh, Apparently, at this point, he had left G-Unit and signed to Aftermath or Shady or something hmm. like that. I don't know. Uh, the game is not somebody that I know much about. But Doctor's yeah, Advocate I mean, is a bizarre name for an album. Yeah, I mean, I'm just playing Doctor's Advocate here, but uh, uh, I don't really like that. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's a weird name for an album. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've listened. I have not listened to anything off that album. I can guarantee you. Same. I uh, It had some singles. I went and listened to them. I didn't know what they were, so I just didn't hmm. put them on here. Um Nas released Hip Hop is Dead with the song Hip Hop is Dead, which samples Anagata DeVita by Iron Butterfly, which is kind of a weird thing. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, yeah. Number five, Young Jeezy released The Inspiration with the song I Love It. Because <laughs> that's kind of how it sounds to me. <laughs> it does. It does, though. <laughs> uh, Shady Records, Eminem presents The Re-Up. That's a very strange name for an album, but it, it that's yeah. what it is. Uh, with the song, You Don't Know. Uh, here you go. Ludacris released Release Therapy with go. the song Money Maker featuring Pharrell. Luda! Snoop Dogg uh, has been steadily releasing albums o- over most of these years, but we haven't heard much. This one... Uh, This one had a couple of bigger hits on it. The Blue Carpet Treatment, and I think it's hilarious that both of these were big radio hits, 
But the song, the first one that was a big hit is That's That Shit featuring R. Kelly. And the other one is <laughs> I Want to Fuck You featuring Akon. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, definitely not very radio friendly titles or songs, no. but uh, radio yeah. hits nonetheless. Yeah, I, I mean, the radio versions, I think, were That's That and I Want to Love You, maybe. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. It was I want to love you because I remember I think I was more familiar with I want to love you than I was I want to fuck you. Right. Right. Back then, at least. Sure. Well, hey, uh, number nine again, <laughs> again, finally, this is the second time the very popular, extremely influential and important artist Bow Wow now no longer Lil now just Bow Wow. Uh, wow. makes makes the uh, the pod here the price of fame featuring shorty like mine uh, with Chris Brown dude Chris Brown now that's a name the, <laughs> hey we're talking R. Kelly and Chris Brown in this episode that's true that's true gotta love them yeah <laughs> and uh, rounding out the top 10 Busta Rhymes with the Big Bang and the song touch it Busta Rhymes yeah gotta love it was how did that song touch it feel it stop format it i don't think i was familiar with that one really i mean maybe now i, I do want to note that uh bow wow yes did not only release um a album that was very successful in 2006 he actually uh was in the movie uh, that released in 2006, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Oh, that is probably um, uh, with I actually no way to even deny this or get around it. That is absolutely 100 uh, percent one of the Fast and Furious movies. Yes, uh, that is a movie in that universe, uh, and that's all I could say on it authoritatively yeah same same <laughs> i've never i've never been like i think i've maybe watched one fast and furious movie one time i'm pretty sure i've seen them all have you really uh -huh. okay yeah yeah uh most of them aren't good there's a whole big grouping in the in the middle that were just not good really at all it didn't matter yeah. just watch them anyway and then they became just right. goofy over the top action movies uh, i even watched that hobbs and shaw movie which was just not very good oh you know what okay this this is gonna sound weird so around when hobbs and shaw was out uh, i was going to this gym that had a uh, cardio movie theater <laughs> um which is legitimately a dark room kind of dangerous dark room and with a huge movie screen and um, just instead of chairs, it's ellipticals, treadmills, stationary bikes, treadmills stuff like that. in the dark. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it, there's enough light to where you can dimly see everything you need to see on the treadmill, but they definitely darken the room. So it could be a more of a movie theater feel. Um, and it would only play action movies. Um, so I think I watched White House Down like four times one week while wow. I was just on the treadmill and I watched half of Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, uh, the last half. I walked into the last half of Hobbs and Shaw and just watched it while I while I ran a couple miles. Wow. So you've yeah, seen half done. of half of a Fast and Furious movie. That's true. I have seen half of one Fast and Furious uh, in, in the F and F U. 
Fast and Furious Universe. Yes. F and F C U. Fast right. and Furious Cinematic Universe. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also want to note that uh, the only good uh, Bow Wow movie that exists is um, Like Mike, uh, where he plays Cal- Calvin. And I love that movie so much. Okay, let's continue with uh, other notable releases. I was really ready for you to say the only good Bow Wow movie is, and then insert the name of any movie literally about a dog. Oh, okay. Homeward Bound is also a good Bow Wow movie. (laughs) I'll I'll give you that. Homeward Bound is also a good Bow Wow movie. That felt like an absolute (laughs) obvious Aaron like I thought that's it. If I, if I was inside your brain, I figured that's where the synapses were going to connect. It just didn't happen. Oh, well, no, I, I genuinely have strong thoughts about a movie starring Lil Bow Wow. Good. Well, all two of them. There's probably <laughs> that's more. true. I, I don't even um, know. He, I mean, he's credited on IMDb for, uh, uh, oh, he was in scary movie five. Gross. Um, but then he's credited as like little, like background things or like soundtrack. Like he was uh, <laughs> the soundtrack for Big Mama's house in 2000. This is going to sound terrible. But when you said background, I just pictured, okay, he's, you know, an uncredited in the background of a scene. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you want to know what movie first popped into my mind? And this is uh-huh. terrible. I'm like, just little Bow Wow hanging out in the background. And my brain went Schindler's List. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, I would kill to see a version of Schindler's List that is just shot for shot remake except for one scene where a little Bow Wow is just chilling in the background. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> Even better, a shot for shot remake where Lil Bow Wow plays every character. Oh my god, and it's not explained at all. No. It's just it's not referenced Mm-mm. or anything. Nope. And then they show it live and they do a talk back with the director who's Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> And everybody's like, uh, what? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is a good film. Uh, (laughs) Like, like even he doesn't reference it even then. And when somebody brings it up, he's like, no, these actors, they're, they're amazing. I I mean, we worked with a huge crew and and a huge cast, and this was a monumental undertaking. And I think an achievement and they'd be like, all right, uh, so anyway, let's get on to other notable releases that year. There was a few other albums and singles that were pretty big. Uh, Lupe Fiasco released Food and Liquor with the song Kick Push, which is a great song. Uh, Gnarls Barkley released St. Elsewhere. And although I wouldn't consider the song crazy to be a rap or hip hop song, I suppose yeah. CeeLo Green kind of came up in hip hop and is a rapper. And that's probably why it's included here. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Jim Jones released Hustler's Poem with the song We Fly High. Another song that sounds like this to me. Um, <laughs> we fly high. I don't I just don't get I don't get the the lazy uh the lazy hook thing, but it was a thing that was going yeah. on in the early to mid 2000s. DMX dropped Year of the Dog again. Bubba Sparks released The Charm with Ms. New Booty. It's uh Ah, yes, that's a song about um they're playing hide and seek, I think. Uh, um, and Miss New Booty did not pick a very good hiding spot. I all I know is that he sees booty, 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 shaking everywhere or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't standing still, and that's why he said, "I found you, Miss New Booty." Yes, 
Right, right, right. Right. That's how it works. Yeah. Guys, if there's one thing to take away from this podcast besides watching pornography and telling us about it, <laughs> um, it is stay still when you're playing hide and seek, for Christ's sake. Stop shaking that new booty. God. Amateur hour. Amateur hour. Uh, this album I included just because I love this album, but Dr. Octagon released the return of Dr. Octagon. Even after killing Dr. Octagon on a previous album, Dr. Octagon came back uh, with the songs Aliens and Trees. And then, and then, maybe this is the end of when we talk about this. Maybe it's not. Tupac released Pac's Life, his 10th and final studio album, or is it? his final album. This one didn't look like uh, it did quite as well. I think maybe this was the point where people were like, all right, enough of this. I don't know. I think we both know the answer to whether or not we're going to bring up Tupac again. We probably, yes. I mean, the truth is yes, we will. Uh, Psychopathic records released a bunch of albums that year, not nearly as many as the previous couple of years, but the album we're reviewing today, fuck the fuck off Axe murder boys, blood in blood out. Jamie Madrox released fatso boondocks released the harvest and ICP released the Wraith remix albums, which we're not going to review because it's just remixes of songs from the Wraith. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a light year for Psychopathic Records, huh? Yeah, yeah, compared to the last couple. Yeah, definitely a little lighter. Hey, but uh, you know what? They're cranking them out still. They're yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah, keep them um, going. So we're reviewing one of these, um, and that is Shaggy Two Dope's Fuck the Fuck Off, mm-hmm. FTFO uh, Motherfucker. No, no, that's the next one. Actually, after no, that's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't even joke because uh, that is legitimately an album title. Yes. Um, FTFO. Uh, so, Eric, wh- what do we need to know about Fuck the Fuck Off? Well, uh, we know that way back he had planned to release a full length called Shags the Clown, which never happened. Right. It it, it, right. it got messed up. Even this one experienced some delays, but it, it was released on February 21st, 2006, a full 12 years after the original fuck off EP, which is wild. That is very wild. Absolutely. Uh, interesting thing here. We talked about this briefly, touched on it in a previous episode. Mike Clark actually produced seven of the 17 tracks on this album. Other producers listed are Shaggy Two Dope himself, uh, somebody named Polar Bear. Uh, who has not done, from what I can tell, much of anything else. Uh, Fritz the Cat, ICP, and Violent J on a couple of songs as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So when this came out, it sold 14,000 copies in its first week in stores. Uh, It went to number 88 on Billboard 200, and it hit number seven on the independent album charts. Not bad, actually. Not bad at all. No. No, not bad. Uh, not bad for an album that doesn't say ICP uh, for the artist, you know? Although this is, uh, you hear a lot of um, Violent J in this. Mm-hmm. It is not ICP. Yeah. Uh, so it was not named as such. And so with it just being a Shaggy 2 Dope album, that is those are some good numbers. Good numbers. And I uh, discovered an interesting fact, completely unrelated, but while I was looking through things, uh, to date, ICP have released 54 songs as singles. Only two oh. of them have charted in the U.S. Neither of them are top 40 songs, but they both did pretty well. I wouldn't have expected that. If you had said what two songs 
by ICP have charted. One of them I would have been like probably chicken hunting. I don't know. But the two songs that charted radio and video, whatever, Mad Professor and Santa's a Fat Bitch. Huh. Pretty weird. But there you go. That, oh, yeah. That's the info I've, I've got there. Glad we got that background info. Thank you so much for that, Eric. Uh, it is time for us to go ahead and move on to getting into our review. So first, before we start going track by track, let's talk about the uh, the album cover. Our first first thoughts before we even listen to any music is uh, what we think about the album cover. Eric, uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, I've been seeing this album cover for months now every time i go in it seems like it's popping up uh and i think this is a dope album cover it's shaggy standing there with looking it's like a hundred gallons of orange fago dumping on him and and they caught it mid mid pour uh i think it's a it's a cool i love the sort of graffiti script with his name and the title i think it's cool what'd you think uh, I thought it was dope as well. Yeah, the the graffiti script was super cool. I couldn't tell. Now, I didn't like look at a blown up image of this. I, I was like, okay, is this like fire? Is it? But it, yeah, you're right. It is. It's definitely it has to be Orange Fago, right? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I was like, is this fire that they like edited? Is Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but. It looks cool, though, whatever it is. And I'm in the same boat. It seems like every time I open up my Spotify to listen to something for the podcast, I get this album cover coming up. So I have been looking at it for months now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think this is I mean, just looking at that cover, I was I was like, cool. I'm excited to see what this is going to be. It looks tough, but it also looks fun and just artistically a neat cover. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey. I guess it's time to go track by track then, huh? Let's get to the bullshit. Let's get to the bullshit. Okay, number one, track number one is a song called Prequel. Obviously, this is just an intro track. Uh, Eric, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, I think it's got a good classic feel, uh, fine intro. Maybe feels just a little bit long. It leads straight into the next song. Uh, But it's just uh, somebody scratching samples of Shaggy saying stuff, you know, fuck the fuck off in Southwest Strangler. And uh, I I would suspect it's him. I know he does a lot of the scratching on their albums. It's probably just him on the wheels having some fun. What'd you think? Yeah, same. Just scratching tracks. It was a pretty dope classic feel uh, intro leads straight into the next song. It did its job, maybe a little long, but other than that, it was dope. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. It was too dope. Too dope. Uh, All right. So let's, let's, talk about the next track I mean they these go seamlessly together uh the yeah. next track is the title track fuck the fuck off what'd you think uh so this was uh the first thing I wrote down was this is really fucking good yeah I like uh there's a line here now everybody thinks they shits the wickedest Ned and Ho's spitting spitting wicked shit is ridiculous and just like the way he delivered it and rhymed like wickedest and ridiculous yeah it was like Okay, it shows you like this guy is good at what he does, right? Yeah, and that and I really enjoyed that line. Um, but the song was really hard. The chorus, uh, which features Violent J, uh, was very very good. I I enjoyed the the chorus. Eric, what were your thoughts? I'll tell you what. You're probably going to hear me multiple times throughout this. Uh, give props to his flows because man, he is 
he is good at what he does. Uh, oh, and solid. Yeah. yeah. On this song, he he really shows that off. I love that this brings back the bass line from the original Fuck Off song on the EP. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I wasn't oh, noticed that. Yeah, it is. Dun, Fuck. Dun, dun, That's dun, dope. Dun, dun. Yeah. And it's different, but um, like it's there. It's it's undeniably the same bass line. And I thought that was really cool. Huh. The the I didn't really like Violent J's hook. It didn't feel like it fit well with the song thematically. However, I didn't hate it either. It wasn't enough to to hurt the song for me. I just wasn't a big fan. Uh, I like the Mike Clark shout out in there. I thought yes, there, that was dope. There was a really cool bridge with this. Can I get a witness repeating? And I thought it was short. It was cool. It added to the song, made it cool. Um, it, my, it broke it up a little bit, I think, and that's what exactly what the song needed. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes these bridges get weird. On this one, I definitely think it made the song better. It was cool. Oh, yeah. I thought the flows were dope. My favorite line was, you're a shagamaniac. You can't ignore me and tell your mom to fuck the fuck off for me. <laughs> That's really good. And it's funny that he brings up, sh- he says shagamaniac um, because there's a Hulkamaniac reference yeah. later on in the album. There is. Which is funny. But yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that was Fuck the Fuck Off. Good start. A good start. Let's go ahead and move on to the next song, uh, track number three. This song is called Keep It Scrubbing. What were your thoughts? Dude, I love this beat. I think this is a rad beat. Uh, And even though it's definitely different because I listened to both songs, I couldn't help but think of Bad Boy for Life. We ain't going nowhere. Oh, yeah. Because it's true. bad boy for life. There's there's something about it that feels similar, but they definitely, I mean, aren't aren't the same in any way. But this this beat was really cool. Flows were really sick on this one. There is a verse where he uses some homophobic language to lash out against what uh, modern rappers are doing and and what has become cool. And in that verse, he also references the DC Beltway sniper and the Columbine massacre. And I was like, whoa. You are going for it here, but what'd you right. think? <laughs> um, okay, so just little bit of information to to start off with. I did not notice on Genius.com, but apparently this song was also released as a single. Yeah. And have you seen the single artwork for it? I, I did see it. It's hilarious. Okay, I was about to text you a, po- a picture of it if you hadn't, but yeah, it's, it's really good. I think yeah. it might be, my, I think I might like this artwork better than, than really? the EP artwork. Um, I'll, it's like I'll, a, I'll tweet out a photo of it when we release the episode. It's like a that. drawing oh. of him with two women, and they are yes, wonderful. <laughs> they yes, they are very wonderful. Um, okay, so this is the song actually that uh, he says Hulkamaniacs in that he refers to Hulkamaniacs. Mm. Um, he refers to his his self as a Hulkamaniac. But uh, the beat was very different. I liked it a lot. The flows were airtight. Yeah. Um, the chorus was pretty catchy. I did not know. Are you familiar with Lavelle? Lavelle was one of Esham's guys. I think he was part of Nodis, maybe. Yeah. So apparently this was uh, there's additional vocals by and this was engineered by Lavelle. Oh, nice. Yeah. So uh, rapper producer from Detroit, also known as Mr. Realist. Um, Lavelle actually also formed a group called Crazy Clan spelled with two was spelled with K's uh oh. probably not a great idea with anybody killer back in 1995 oh weird. um yeah but yeah this is my f- the first reference of him so I I don't 
Hmm. I was wondering if maybe you knew more information, but um, this song also there is a uh, a TLC reference in this song, which is actually really it. clever. Yes, I did catch it because yeah. the song is called "Keep It Scrubbing." So yes, so there's a a reference to the song "No Scrubs" by TLC. It's the line, and when you come outside, bitch, don't get it confused. It's me in the passenger side of my homeboy's ride spitting on you, which was really good. I was like, oh, that was great. Right, because there's a line um, in No Scrubs where they say, hanging out the be- the passenger as- side of your best friend's ride trying to holler at me or something, and this yes. is like that yeah. line. Yeah, this is just basically his, like, the other side, the other perspective of that line yeah i thought that was pretty funny (laughs) um yeah i thought that was great and that honestly that shows off just like the cleverness of shaggy yeah in my opinion yeah this Um, this song is a is a good showcase it's a good single i think to choose because it shows what he's doing oh yeah this song was fantastic i I had a a very enjoyable time listening to this song yeah yeah no i liked it cool what about the next one called forever and always forever and always mm-hmm. um the chorus was kind of like smooth baby you know what i'm talking about i do um it was a very low-key chill beat kind of song uh the flows yet again i mean you're right i think we're gonna be saying this on every song the flows are tight yeah right and this song is basically just him saying like he's gonna live forever yeah he's he's not gonna die and and, and you know, the course is I'm forever and ever and ever, ever always. Um, but he also has like a lot of a uh, lot of lines in here. Like, here's one of them. Um, Death can't have this because I'm quicker than bullets. Rednecks try and hide from me snipping they mullets, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> it's crazy that these guys make all these songs about never dying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're still alive. Yeah. They're not liars that, yet. That's true. That's true. But when they do die, because inevitably they will. Or actually, yeah, I, egg I, on their face. I right? suppose that that's yet to be seen. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? We'll do a uh, a eulogy podcast whenever they pass away. How about that? We'll be dead way before them, from what I'm understanding. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. If I mean, if this song is half right, yeah, we'll be dead way before them. One other line that I wrote down before we get to your thoughts here, and I want to try. I only wrote wrote down the line that I liked. I want to try and find. I only, the full lines. So I, I only say, wrote okay, the line I liked. I want to find some lines I didn't like. <laughs> well, I wanted to uh, write down, or I didn't write down the line that it rhymed with, because uh, I like to kind of read that, like mm, the yes. rhyme scheme of it. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm never gonna die slow. I'm never going quick. I'll never leave this world as long as fat chicks blowing dick. <laughs> so as long as there is a an ample woman out there. Doling out blowjobs, Shaggy Two Dope is going to be alive and well. Yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling he's going to do just fine. Then, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Eric, what, what were your thoughts? I, I thought this was a pretty sick track. It has a very classic '90s or early 2000s beat. Flows are super tight. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me is there's a series of years spoken in the bridge. And the first one is yes. clearly the year he was born. Some go into the future, but I wonder what the significance of the other years that he mentions are. And I just, I'm not sure. At first I thought, oh, this is going to be when he released the albums. He's going to say, you know, uh, you know, 
1994 or whatever and then 2006 but that's not that's not how it went i don't know right yeah i mean there's only so one two three four five six seven eight nine so there's 10 years spoken yes obviously 74 that that has to be the year that he he was born right then there's 83 yeah. don't know this the significance of that one Mm-mm. uh and then uh, it goes to 95 which is a year after fuck off was released if I remember correctly. Right. That's correct. And then 2007, which is a year after Fuck the Fuck Off released. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. The eight, um, 30, 12, 30, 49. So personally, I can't wait for us to still be doing this podcast in 2032 and uh, and it be the year of the shags. Yeah. Obviously, he'll release an album in 2031. So. Uh, yeah. True. True. Golly. What's he going to be? He's going to be. Very, very old by live, then. Live forever. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, okay. Those are my thoughts on that one. Well, hey, that was Forever and Always. Super solid song. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one uh, called Memories. What were your thoughts on that one? Well, technically, the next song isn't actually Memories uh, because they are mislabeled in Spotify, which is weird. So Make It Happen plays first and then Memories plays second. But track five on Spotify is labeled as Memories. So I'm going to review yes. Make It Happen because that's the okay. next song I heard. Good. I I was going to ask this. I Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't going crazy. My Spotify wasn't fucking up. That's yeah. actually what happened. Yep. Okay. Totally what happened. And yes, uh, let's review Make It Happen because that's actually what Memories is on Spotify. Right. And then track six will be Memories, uh, but it is named Make It Happen exactly. on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. I think in Genius, they have them swapped. So Memories actually comes earlier. But when you listen, uh, Make It Happen says Make It Happen so much in the chorus, it's undeniable that that's what that song is. So. Yeah, well, see, even in, um, yeah, they have like the memories, uh, they, they don't have it swapped on, on Genius. Well, they do have it swapped on Genius where the lyrics are on the correct title. Right. But it's still five memories, six make it happen. Correct. Correct. Yes. Uh, okay. So my thoughts on make it happen. Uh, this this song's cool. It's got a very 80s or, or 90s sort of party rap sound, and I dig that. I think that's a fun thing to do. Uh, again, flows are super tight here. I think the chorus is actually really catchy, and I can definitely picture people singing along, whether you'd be at a party or a club or at a show or whatever. Uh, this one, compared to the first few songs, has a ton of ICP and psychopathic references, Um so that's a little bit different, but it doesn't feel like an ICP song, even though it has those references. I don't know. Pretty cool track. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was dope. I loved that that kind of like you were saying that '90s house party type vibe. Yeah, that it uh, that it brought out. Um, of course, was was very catchy because it was just very repetitive. Yep. Um, but it, it seems like and, and and they're even talking about like oh where my hatchet swingers at like clearly mm-hmm. this was definitely a juggalo party song right yeah yeah um like i could hear this out of the the winnebago at the campsite you know at uh juggle fest the gathering (laughs) at the gathering (laughs) juggle fest oh my god dude it's too too early this morning apparently (laughs) 
yeah, no, but I could I could definitely like hear this as like a a good party song for Juggalos, right? And that's what he meant by it, I, I would assume. And he delivered, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could definitely hear it uh, bumping from the campsites at the gathering. But I also feel like in the 90s, you could have played this song right after This Is How We Do It at a house party and people would have danced and sang along, you know? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, By the way, if you look up Juggle Fest, it takes you to the Texas Juggling Society webpage, and there's a bizarre picture of somebody juggling viruses, and it says, juggling a pandemic. <laughs> Very weird. That's funny. <laughs> so weird. All right, back to it, though. Uh, cool song. Now let's, let's talk about memories. Uh, track six, but labeled as track five. Uh, what'd you think Correct. of Memories. Um, I thought the beat was super cool. As always, flows were very tight. I enjoyed the chorus. It was it was a little repeti- repetitive uh, as well, but um, no, I thought it was a, a very good a very good song. There's there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I mean, I feel like at this point, and it's very early on in the album, it's hard to give us 17 songs of all just like solid just all the way through like hard flows you know what i mean right and i think this is kind of where i started feeling that yeah uh it's something that i'm gonna bring up more um in my opinion but we do have at the end of this song uh we don't have a lot of uh skits skits and interludes in Mm. this album um but we do have one at the end of this song that was very very funny uh to the point where i actually want to read it out it's uh it's this comedian uh you can tell he's probably just a stand-up comedian because he's he's yeah. uh performing in front of an audience because you hear a laughs at the end right. um but he says uh you know these two girls was seated in a theater this one girl said to the other the fellow next to me is masturbating her girlfriend said well just ignore him and she said i can't he's using my hand i thought that was very funny <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny too i don't know what what comedian that is, but uh, it's de- there are a few samples on here that feel like they took them from comedy records or stand ups or something. Yeah. I thought that was that was kind of a fun thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I do want to note that this this was also engineered by Lavelle as well, hmm. uh, produced by uh, Mike Clark, but engineered by Lavelle. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, what, were your, what were your thoughts on it? I I. I I thought this song was interesting. The first listener to this is probably about the point where I said, okay, I understand what this album sounds like. And, you know, maybe just driving in the car tuned it out a little bit. But when I actually like sat down, listened with headphones and read along, uh, I appreciated this song. I think it has a relatively minimal beat, but the song, uh, this is a storytelling song. He is talking about losing his memory, not knowing who his girl is, not knowing anything about anybody or anything about himself. And I thought that the lyrics, the concept and the flows were all pretty tight. I thought that sample at the end was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not a bad song. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Um, I enjoyed the song. It's just having to chug down this album, if that makes sense. Yeah. And consume it very fast. 
uh, it gets very repetitive as far as the styling goes. Yes, right? it's a very consistent style. And, you know, without jumping ahead to our overall thoughts, I fully agree with you. There's really not much that's bad. There's one or two songs that uh, I don't think are quite up to par, but it's a very consistent style. This is what he did. And I don't want to say all the songs sound the same, but much like uh, many other artists, you by this point in the album, you know what you're getting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the next song, which actually, now that we've said that, is one that's pretty different from everything else, uh, <laughs> respectively. I mean, when you look at at it, this one's called Meltdown. What did, what were your thoughts yes. on that? Um. So okay, Meltdown. I don't understand the voice he was putting on throughout this song. Oh, I do. It was. So, okay, so let's talk about the theme of this song is just, I guess he was like a internet or radio kind of personality that's trying to get people to come vacation in Delray. But, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, yeah, everybody dies anyway. So why not? It's a wonder, wonderful place to stay or whatever. Why not um, do it in Delray? Yeah. Yeah. Why not do it in Delray? Um, and it's, and then like the verses are talking about like, uh, you know, I've got a nose on my forehead, living in an old nuclear warhead, just talking about that, the terrible quality of life uh, yeah. as far as like toxic waste and, and the industrial side of Delray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, the course was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I couldn't. The voice he was putting on, I guess, I, I guess it works and it's works for the theme of the song, which is kind of weird to me. Uh, the beat was cool, though. Yeah. Uh, it's simple beat song. You know, I agree. I think, though, that to me it was obvious right away what he was doing. He was doing like an announcer voice, kind of like a bink right. chip a wink from like Joker's Wild or something, but maybe not quite that over the top. But it's like a, a tourism promotion for the city of Delray, where they're from, which is shitty and, you know, right. <laughs> toxic. And there's a lot of goofy, toxic waste references throughout the whole thing. Uh, this is the silliest song probably on the album overall. There's also a ton of Violent J little cameos here and there throughout it. I, I, I wouldn't say I like this song. I wouldn't say I'd go back and listen to it. But when listening to the album straight through, it was kind of interesting to have something a little different in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it broke it up a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just wish he would have only done the announcer voice sometimes. Yeah. Like maybe in the beginning yeah. uh, and then switch. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Do want to say so additional vocals by Violent J, obviously. Uh, Lavelle also did a couple vocals in this one as well. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to, to track number eight, track called They Shootin'. Mm -hmm. Eric, what were your thoughts? I thought this one had a pretty interesting beat. It feels relatively modern to that era. Like, I could, I could hear 50 Cent and his crew, like, spin on a beat like this, you know, a year or two previous to this. Like, I just, I kind of got that. Uh, a weird song. I didn't get it at first, but the more I listened and when I really paid attention, uh, this song is sort of about the apocalypse or the end of the world when literally everybody is shooting everybody else up. Everyone's gone crazy and they're killing each other. Right. There's a hook and a bridge that's like, ba bam, 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 ba bam, bam, bam. There's like, it's it it's kind of catchy, but it's also kind of weird. Uh, I don't. I, I thought this was an interesting song, a little bit different. Another very much storytelling song. Did you like this one? What'd you think? Um, I thought it was good. I thought I, I liked the beat a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought the the course was just okay. 
but uh, the flows just seem to fit in the pocket of the beat so incredibly well for me. Mm-hmm. And then like the, the content, I, I like the content of it, obviously. Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this song a lot. Yeah, it was good. I mean, you, you hear Violent J obviously in there as well, mm-hmm. vocals by him. But uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a huge fan of the chorus, but I, I did like everything else about it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the chorus either, but it was pretty undeniable, like kind of catchy. If you heard it a few times, it, it might be stuck in your head. So, oh, yeah. Well, that was They Shootin'. Let's go and move on to track number nine, a song called Half Full, uh, produced by Mike E. Clark. Uh, and actually, this one's engineered by Fritz the Cat. Hmm. So, uh, so Eric, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is a super chill beat, and I thought that was good. There's a lot of beats and and sort of cadences on this that are uh, a more determined sort of uh, in-your-face, almost like danceable beats. This one slows Absolutely. it down a little, chills it out a little bit, uh, which is good. Uh, it starts with Violent J singing the chorus, which... I didn't mind, actually. Uh, This is a really honest track. I kind of dig it. To me, this feels like the third song in the sequence of How Many Times from Great Malenko, which we both liked a lot. And then Questions from Bizarre, which we didn't think was very good. And now this one, which (laughs) which really fits the same format, but I think actually works pretty well. Lots of truths about life. And I think it's a cool, sad, chill almost g-funk beat at times but uh yeah i I liked this one what'd you think man i fully enjoyed this one um let me tell you that smooth piano at the beginning Mm -hmm. golly it's just like it wrapped me up like a warm hug after all these in your face type beats that we've been having uh for the last almost eight songs right fantastic absolutely fantastic they did this song well you're right i think it's it's very much so uh the third in that trilogy and it's way better than questions i'll tell you that much right now oh yes uh (laughs) but uh yeah no this this was a very good song slow chill great to break up all the intense you're right dancey songs Mm -hmm. yeah i enjoyed a lot i mean there's nothing 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 more i can say about it right other than uh i enjoyed it yeah yeah, that's good. Well, let's let's get on to a more back-in-your-face kind of aggressive song, but one that changes it up with a, uh undeniable feature. It's not even like a verse. It's like trading off quite a bit. This one's always fucking with us featuring Twisted. Uh, what'd you give us your thoughts on that one? Yeah, this was a huge Twisted collabo uh, for sure. Um, very much so back-in-your-face. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right there. The uh, the beat was was pretty cool in my opinion. Overall, I think if I just listened to this song in the background, if I was doing something else, right, uh, I feel like the song might be a little forgettable, might be skippable, um, just because there's not one thing I can really point to that that's really attention grabbing in it that'll make you snap to and listen to the song uh, fully. But Monoxide had a great verse, uh, a couple great verses actually. Ma- Jamie Madrox always kills it, mm-hmm. um, and, and and his verses were were really good too. Good song, but I think probably a little forgettable. Yeah. What were your thoughts? I I agree almost exactly. Uh, I think this is a decent beat. Probably not the most standout one on the album for me. Uh, I thought the twisted verses were really tight, especially that second monoxide verse. If there was anything that stood out listening both times, his 
his rapid fire cadence in that one, uh, man, killed that verse. Like, really, really cool. Uh, but overall, it's not a song that I look back and go, oh, yeah, that was a great song. Not a bad song, but eh, okay. It was now, it was a decent I, song. I will say, I will say with that second monoxide verse, I didn't write it down in my notes, but just re- scanning through it while you were talking, there is a line that we need to discuss. Okay. He says, no grill with chips in the front, no drank, not drank with ice in, a, in the cup. No way I'm going to be with a slut with a gut from drinking too much nut. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> that might uh, have to be uh, take the cake for line of the album. <laughs> that, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff, but that one, wow. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, I, th- I think we, uh, I think we have the same, yeah, same uh, opinion here. Yeah, uh, so let's same. go ahead and move on to uh, track number eleven. Now this one is a uh, a song that kind of stood out to me. I'm, I'm I'm very interested to hear what you think. Uh, also engineered by uh, Fritz the Cat, a uh, song called "Pull Me Over." Thoughts? Uh, so this is another one that starts with Violent J singing on the chorus, and mm-hmm. another song with a very sort of '80s '90s feel to the beat. Uh, there's a ton of early ICP feel here in, in some ways, and definitely probably a lot of violent J influence here. It's literally about getting pulled over more than once. Uh, and I'll just say this, it doesn't go well for the cops. This is some classic storytelling rap and it gives me a big NWA vibe. Um, I don't, what'd you think? I love the, the, the content of this song. It's basically him telling a story of, of getting pulled over. Right. Yep. And uh, killing the cop, um, which is very, very early ICP vibes. Yes, right. Um, so I, so that kind of I, I heavily enjoyed that. Outside of that, I thought the the beat was very cool. Uh, super chill flows at the end, or super chill flows all the way through, um, and then uh, the the chorus I think was 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 very good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cool track. This one definitely. I could hear on an ICP album, although the the vibe of the beat and stuff feels more like this Shaggy album. So, absolutely, I think I agree with you on that one. All right, let's. Uh, you know, about midway through, we said you know exactly what you're getting on this album. Uh, this next track to me is is one that stands out as not sounding like the rest. What did you think of Ball Bounce? <sighs> Man. First of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, genius user BK James for uh, writing a quick bio for this song. He's also uh, when known I say as, quick, uh, I mean he's also known as Burger King Jim. Just so you know, yes, 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 Burger King Jim or BK James. Thank you. Um, yes, uh, wrote a quick bio about this song, and when I say quick, I mean it is legitimately one sentence long, hmm. and it is. An ode to the clapping sound testicles make as they bounce up and down. And I wanted to read that as smooth as possible. Uh, appropriate title, then. A very appropriate title, Ball Bounce. Man, it sounds a lot like when, when I first started listening to it, it sounded a lot like 
a new dance song. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like crank that soldier boy was yeah. like a song about like a dance. Yes. And this sounded a lot like, uh, like do the ball bounce. Yeah. Right. Uh, throw your hands to the dirt and do the ball bounce. It, it's, it, it felt a lot like a dance anthem song, like trying to get a new dance trending. Kinda. Um, in which case, man, I, I, I'm, sad to say that it did not it's not effective no. i wish it was i would have loved to to go into the clubs back in uh 2006 when i was a mere middle schooler and uh see people doing the ball bounce on each other <laughs> but uh it just unfortunately didn't happen uh, <laughs> no uh, so the beat was very weird. I feel, dude, this song should have been a minute 30 seconds max. Right? And, and it came in at uh, 3.58 at one of the longest. Actually, this is the second longest track on the album. Ugh. The, the last track, Your Life, is 4.27, but this is the... S- Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah. No, this is legitimately the second longest track on the album, and it should have been the shortest. Yes. Shorter than the intro. Yeah. <laughs> this sucked, man. This yeah. sucked big time. <laughs> Please tell me your thoughts. Although I think it's just going to be the same as mine. So stylistically, this song reminds me of panties that we heard last week. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. not a good thing. Um, <laughs> this is like a crunk esque party track with some 80s stuff going on in the beat. And this this is not my jam. I just did not like this. I get what he's doing on both tracks, on this one and Panties. Like, if you put those both on a single and made it like a goofball, like, hey, here's the thing I did that's these two stupid, like, party songs, I would go, I hate that, but I get what you did. I just, I I don't like it. I don't know. Well, let's not, uh, let's not dilly dally no further. Uh, and move on to the next track, track number 13, a song called Red Moon. Eric, what were your thoughts? Boy, there's some Violent J up on this one. And this is the first song that he not just cameos in, but like actually does a verse and does a lot more on it. Um, right. This song sounds like Shaggy performing a Violent J song. The lyrics feel like Violent J. The theme feels like Violent J. The chorus sounds like Sugar Slam singing on it, which was Violent J's girl at the time. Like, this is a song that doesn't feel like it belongs on this album. And I I don't hate it, but I'm not too into it. What did you think? Um, yes, yeah, so Sugar Slam was, uh, did contribute vocals. Lavelle also contributed vocals, and obviously Violent J contributed a lot um in fact i think violent j probably uh it's even uh credited as written by lavelle and insane clown posse it's not even credited as is something that that uh shaggy two dope wrote yeah 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 this this right here is definitely an icp song um and you're right i think it's just a song that was written by violent j but performed by by shaggy two dope um did you say it was produced by violent j too Yes, it's produced by uh, Violent J. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it was mixed by uh, Mike Clark, engineered by Lavelle. But yeah, I, this is definitely where I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, what are we, 13 songs into a 17-song album? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm so tired of the number 17 at this point. 
Um, but that's besides the point. 13 songs into a 17 song album. And if you're going to release a 17 song solo album, they need to be the 17 best songs you have ever written because that is a lot of songs. Yeah. And that is just not, you, you can't be putting stuff out like this, right? Not that this is a bad song. If I listen to this song as a standalone song, I'd say, oh, that's a pretty good ICP song. Yeah, if you put it on a Forgotten Freshness or something. Absolutely. I mean, uh, this this could have been nine tracks, and it could have been the most solid piece of work Shaggy 2 Dope ever put out. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about the next song, then, which is called Owl Face Ho. Uh, and Aaron, lay lay the knowledge on us here. So... This song was, it is credited as written by Shaggy 2 Dope. Uh, also credited as written by Anybody Killa. Which you hear um, him for a moment in there somewhere. Yes, you do hear him for a moment. Um, engineered by Lavelle, mixed by Mike Clark. Um, additional vocals by Anybody Killa and Annette Utzler. Do you know who that is? Uh, Utzler. That is, you, has okay. to be, so Shaggy's real name is Joey Utzler. Oh, so it has to be a relative of his must be. Yeah. Um, the only thing that she's credited uh, for is this one song. Oh, that Uh, so clearly must just be a a relative or family member. Um, so, okay. This song, I, I, I'm, I dig the beat a lot. Honestly. Um, I dig the beat a lot. The, uh, this song is about, uh, basically shaggy two dope taking a, a girl back to his, his crib, right? Yeah. Or back to her crib, rather, actually. And they obviously have sex. Uh, he goes bragging about it, and everybody's like, uh, <laughs> so let me, let me just read it. Okay, so uh, um, I said, Ayo, you know that bitch Sando with the hair pulled back? Anybody kill her? Chandra? Um, then Shaggy says, yeah, motherfucker, your boy Shags hit that. Then ABK says, man, everybody done hit that bitch. That be all hooting through the hood. <laughs> um, and I think hooting is kind of where you get the uh, the owl imagery, I guess. Yeah, basically saying like, uh, man, why are you bragging like everybody's had sex with her? Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it comes back to saying like, hey, now she's pregnant. And then it goes through a whole thing of him having to go through the bullshit of paying her child support and helping her with the baby and all that. So that's kind of a very, very, very needlessly long explanation about that song. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought the flows were solid though. I thought yeah. the flows were extremely solid. I actually did enjoy this song. I thought the chorus was really good. Yep. Um, it was very catchy. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but this was, this song was definitely a, a, creative breath of fresh air after uh ball bounce and red moon yeah yeah no i uh i agree with pretty much everything you said i think this is a cool chill beat i think it works really well uh i i feel like this could have been a legit mainstream track in the early 2000s i think that chorus is catchy as hell dumb but catchy and the whole owl face ho thing it's it's who 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 my yeah. baby's daddy <laughs> like okay all right i get it but i feel like 
like so many other dumb songs at that time, it could have been a chorus that like caught on and people start using that term. Like I thought that was, I thought it was pretty, pretty okay. Hell yeah. Well, Hey, uh, let's move on to, uh, to track 15 then. Um, cobwebs in the attic. What were your thoughts on that one? Uh, well, more violent Jay singing on this one. Uh, this is kind of a cool, creepy beat with that, familiar musical tone uh dun, dun, dun. you know that it feels like if you're going to make a, a generic horror movie that's going to be in your soundtrack you know all the time oh yeah uh flows are super solid here i don't think genius has the chorus listed correctly to me it sounds like he's saying oh help me Break me out this dirty habit clean the cobwebs out my attic i think genius has it all wrong uh decent song i I, this again to me this feels like an icp song all day oh yeah and uh and i think it feels that way because this song was actually written by violent j makes sense but yes i uh i kind of had the same conclusion as far as the chorus went uh myself and and it being miss miss annotated um on genius.com but uh you know what get your shit together people that helped with this song we should just get in there and fix everything legends will never die in pressburg come on get your shit together get your shit together yeah yeah i don't want to have to talk i don't want to have to tell you this again dude (laughs) so what'd you think about the song though uh yeah um i thought the the flows were pretty good um violent j singing was was pretty decent uh as usual uh pretty cool beat it's just it's hard to listen to an album that is just feels like it's all the same other than the one or two songs that are very very different does that make sense yeah oh yeah yeah i got Um, you there so i mean at this point like they were losing me um around track 10 at this point like he's almost fully lost me if if i wasn't doing this for a podcast i would have been like okay i get the gist of this album yeah i get that for sure uh so uh yeah yeah. all right well let's move on to track 16 almost to the end here this one's called it's about time man guys we're so close we were so close to having an album that didn't have guitars in it and then this song comes up i thought the start of this song was really good i thought the the vibes and the beat was good until we got to the first chorus. Then we get the first chorus and you, you hear the guitar and then it kind of seems like it stays throughout the rest of the song. Yeah. They lost me at the chorus. I thought, man, if, if this song would have been track two or three, I think I would have, I would have forgiven it more. I think I would have liked it more, but with it being 16, second to last with the guitar in the chorus I, I was not a huge fan um now when i say that i was not a huge fan of something on this album know that i still think it's a pretty good song because in this album there's nothing that's offensively bad yeah. right there yeah. are things that missed their mark there are things that overstayed their welcome ball bounce yeah and uh you know and just things that were just there were missteps Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that was offensively bad 
I, uh, this song was just it was just a, a misstep in my opinion what, what were your thoughts uh man i'm so conflicted on this one uh i like this song i do uh there's things about it that i love uh i feel like this beat is an absolute classic mike clark beat and i love hearing it uh this sounds like it could have been on ringmaster or Riddlebox or great milenko but when i get to the chorus it's not the presence of guitar that bothers me. There's something really off in the way the guitar is mixed. It feels fucked up to me. It's distracting. I get the sense that Shaggy or somebody in the production felt that the guitars needed to be lowered and the beat needed to be more forward. And it just, it feels off. I, I, I like the samples of the guitars in the verses. Like if you're doing hip hop production, simply playing guitar over, it feels weird, but using guitar as a sample is okay. And, and that didn't right. bother me, but there was something off about the guitar in the chorus. Uh, but overall I liked it. I don't even care what he was talking about or what the song's about. I just kind of liked listening to it and hearing that beat that took me back to that classic Mike Clark era. But that, that guitar on the chorus is weird to me. Awesome. Yeah. It's about time to get to the next song then, uh, which is called a song called Your Life. This is the last track on the album. This is also the longest track on the album, uh, coming in at four minutes and 27 seconds. Uh, this one was uh, credited as written by ICP. Uh, obviously, we have additional vocals by Violent J. It was mixed by Mike Clark, engineered by Lavelle, uh, recorded at the Lotus Pod. What do we got? Uh, you know what, man? I really dig this beat and this flow as well. Um, this is another one that has a classic ICP feel. And this is the type of track that ended so many of those 90s albums and EPs, you know, where they would do all this dark or funny or crazy stuff. And then at the end, like, let us hit you with something that that has some meaning, that's got some heart. And this song is that. It's all about karma. It delivers a solid and positive message. Even if uh, at times it does feel like it veers into sort of the sappy territory now and then. Um, and I don't think it lands quite the same way some of those old ICP songs did, like Joke Your Mind or Pass Me By, because it doesn't follow a whole album that told a story, sent a message, and had an overarching moral underpinning. Nonetheless, these two songs, I think, are a pretty solid way to end the album. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, yeah, this felt very uh, classic ICP to me, and, it, and which I love. Um, yeah. And and I think uh, I think this song is fantastic. Um, the beat was very cool. The flows were very good. I loved the uh, the the chorus. Did it overstay a little bit? Maybe a little bit, um, you know, maybe they, they didn't have to repeat your life so many times, but, uh, but it wasn't offensively overstaying its welcome. Like they've done in the past. Yeah. 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 No, I, I very much so enjoyed this song. Yeah. Nice. Well, awesome guys. That was fuck the fuck off. Let's talk about our overall thoughts now that we've kind of gone gone track by track um i know it's kind of hard to not go over overall thoughts while we're listening to it but uh or while we're going track by track rather but let's do an official overall thoughts let's let's uh so this is this is something i've been looking forward to but kind of since we started doing this i had never heard it 
Uh, I'm a big fan of what Shaggy does. I think he's such an underrated, underappreciated, underutilized uh, facet of ICP's arsenal. Uh, so I, w- I was I was looking forward to this one, and I, I can't say I'm disappointed. It's not uh, maybe not quite as what I might have liked or hoped it to be. However. I think Shaggy is a super talented MC. It's great to hear an album that shines a spotlight on him. Uh, I think this album expands on some of the sounds and styles we heard on Fuck Off, and you really get to hear his personal influence and style on this album. This this has a unique sound. It's sa- Clearly, this is the type of music that he grew up listening to, and there's a lot of influences coming through here that don't always fully come through in an ICP album, or maybe it's balanced with you know, Violent J stuff. Uh, and I'd say with the exception of a few songs here and in there, this really is lacking a lot of the carnival and circus beats and some of the themes and stuff that exist in an ICP album, which forces it even more to feel uniquely like a Shaggy 2 Dope album. Um, this is it's like a, a more straightforward, legit rap album with tons of 80s and 90s influence. There's cool beats. There's great flows. And I'll say this. This is... This isn't necessarily a style I'm really into when it comes to hip hop, but I can appreciate that this is a super solid, legit rap album. And if this is a style you like, I could totally see people loving this album. Uh, I do think it overstays its welcome. It would have probably worked great as a 12 or 13 track album uh, because you could have trimmed some of that down, take some of those ICP songs and put them on an ICP album. Uh, And I think around across the board some some trimming and uh refining would have would have done great but it, it's not bad what, what were your thoughts yeah i think it, like maybe another month of sitting on all of this content and all these songs before making a, a decision about its release would have done it well i think we would have seen a couple songs get cut mm-hmm. if that was the case um but I think that this is very, you're right. This is very uniquely Shaggy 2 Dope. And this is an album that I've been looking forward to for months to actually listen to and, and finally sit down and review. Uh, so I'm happy we're, we're finally able to do that. Couple bad songs on here, but like I said earlier, you know, nothing that, n- none of the bad songs on here are offensively bad. There's no songs on here that I was like, okay, this is an immediate skip. Um, Except ball, ball bounce, bounce being yeah. the closest to that, yeah, yeah. Um, and even then, I don't think ball bounce is something that needed to be skipped. It just needed. It was something that needed to be, you know, cut in half, more yeah. than half. Yeah, right. Um, coming in at four minutes, it needed to be hour or uh, minute fifteen, minute thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't offensively bad, but but I think that this is such a, a great straightforward rap album. You're right. It didn't have a lot of clown or circus themes in it so which made it feel uniquely shaggy too dope um although there's some songs that you could definitely tell violent j had a heavy influence on Mm -hmm. it didn't necessarily hurt it at all right yeah um overall i think this was a solid solid album for somebody who you're right is a very is a fan of that straightforward kind of 80s 90s uh rap style yeah, it's it's a weird album for me because I did I like this album? Not particularly. But there's not anything bad. It's really good for what it is, I think. 
yeah i think for what it is it is fantastic um and it is what it is <laughs> let's uh let's go ahead and get on to uh to getting our favorite tracks out of the way and putting those bad boys on the playlist eric what what were you thinking on your favorite track uh to me I feel like Keep It Scrubbing is the perfect song to put on our playlist. Uh, I liked Your Life as well. Uh, I thought that was a cool song, but I think Keep It Scrubbing really is the standout song, and it also captures the tone of this album. What did you think? Yeah, uh, Keep It Scrubbing was by far my favorite song on this album. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was fantastic. Uh, The cleverness in there makes it so uniquely shaggy too dope, right? Yeah, um, my next choice after that was actually the title track "Fuck the Fuck Off," uh, which plays right before "Keep It Scrub," and I thought was very good. But I also really enjoy your life, so I think it might need to be "Keep It Scrubbing" in your life, maybe. Yeah, and I could go either way. I'd be fine with putting "Fuck the Fuck Off" and "Keep It Scrubbing," but I think if we did "Keep It Scrubbing" in your life, it gives us sort of the two sides, you know, two extremes, a little bit different sounds. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We are now looking at a playlist that has 50 songs. We broke the 50-song mark on this one. Wow. We are also looking at three hours and 45-minute runtime. Guys, this playlist is really good. This, this, this is shaping up. Shaping up. Good stuff. All right, so those are our personal favorite tracks. Let's go ahead and move on to Talking Fago Scores. As yeah. usual, we're going to score it uh, one through five Fagos for music and beats, lyric and, lyrics and flows, skits and interludes, and the vibe at the time of the release. I'm thinking this might be a skip the skips and interlude, skits and interludes because there there was a couple little samples, but there really weren't skits or interludes on this one. Right. There was one true sort of skit slash interlude, and it was the one that we talked about, but that's not enough to to give it a full Fago score, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and say we're going to do music and beats, lyrics and flows, and vibe at their time of the release. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and start off with music and beats. Man, I, t- talk about a, a four Fago music and beats release. A solid, solid four Fago music and beats release. I thought even the songs that were bad, even the, the weakest songs on the album still had redeeming qualities and good stuff in their their music and beats what were your thoughts uh i gave it a 3.5 and i considered going to a four the only reason i went with a 3.5 is because uh except for a few songs i think that it started to feel a little bit one note like they were all a similar tone and style good beats Mm -hmm. um just not something i loved uh when it came down to it again for some people this might be a five music and beats because they just love this style of music so i went with a 3.5 that makes sense. I mean, we, we, we can't, when it comes to these opinions, they legitimately are opinions and they are formed and, and based off of what we like and dislike. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's move on to lyrics and flows. This one, man, I really wanted to give it a four and a half. I went with a four though. I felt like four and a half may, might've been a little too high. But you can hear in almost every song, I mean, the cleverness, the way he can just fit his lyrics and flows 
so perfectly like a puzzle piece and mesh it into the beat, no matter what beat it is so well. And he's, we've always said he's been able to do that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm one of the four. Uh, I feel your struggle. I went with a four as well. I was like, should I go higher? Uh, and again, for the exact same reason, I gave it a 3.5 on the last one. It started to feel maybe too consistent for me at times, but uh, I love that not for a second did it feel like he was phoning this in. You could tell he was giving it his all, and I thought it was it was awesome. So a uh, four for me. Yeah. Hell yeah. This next one, Vibe at Time of Release, is going to be kind of difficult because he legitimately released a 90s rap album in 2006 right? yeah yes um which but if i was listening to it back then i would have thought okay this is sick i'm i'm glad that this is a a throwback a, a brand new throwback is what i would have called it yeah um i went ahead and, and went with uh three and a half because it's definitely not vibing with the time that it's been released, but it's not bad. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be too negative on it because he didn't do what everybody else was doing at the time. Yeah. Right. You, you're not, you're supposed to reward people for that. Right. Not take points away. But I went with a three and a half because it does not vibe with this music that was being released at the time, but it is very, very good. I could not agree with your path of thinking more because that's the exact I went back and forth. I'm like, do I give this a high score because he sort of bucked the trend and made a very decisive and an intentional I'm going to do a throwback album with a modern sound or do I give it a low score because it's you know, outdated. It's, it's out of step with the rest of the music. And I ultimately landed on 3.5 because I think he did that on purpose. I think it was sort of refreshing when you look at everything else that's out and go, this is a cool thing. He did his own thing. And I think it worked in only a couple spots. Did it feel like modern sort of uh, beats or production? The rest of it all felt like throwback eighties, nineties, which is clearly what his goal was. And I think he achieved that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think you and I are right in line, step in step with that one. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, what, uh, what overall average does that bring us to? Well, that's going to bring us to a 3.75, which puts this at a four, which is a better score than I expected, but a very deserving score for Fagos. congratulations to fuck the fuck off for four fagos that is a very well deserving score mm-hmm. and definitely on the higher end of our spectrum especially in the 2000s era yeah. of icp yeah probably um, the best thing that's come out of the icp camp in a minute yeah 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 i would say so um awesome well hey that was fuck the fuck off um now let's look forward into next week Next week, we're going to be reviewing 2007's The Tempest. Yay. We can't wait to review the first post-Joker's card deck full-length album from ICP. Well, uh, Aaron, that brings us to the end of our, our show 
for the fine people out here that would love to keep up with you uh, outside of just once a week listening to you talk about uh, albums that came out, you know, 15 years ago, almost. Uh, how, how can they find you? You can find me and all my content at www.locklearcomedy.com. Um, that is where you can find all my social media. Uh, if it was not a pandemic, that was also uh, where you can find me uh, doing stand-up comedy live. Uh, but there's a pandemic, so not doing that. Until then, I am also hanging out on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash gristlemedia, where you can uh, come hang out with me. I stream Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday during the day, Sunday evenings. Um, so I am, uh, I am usually online. If you are listening to this, you might want to pop over there. You'll more than likely see me playing some video games. Uh, Eric, what about you? Where, where can we find your stuff? Well, much, much like you, uh, I also have a website that you can go check out. It's ericconway.com. That's, that's my name. Crazy enough. Uh, and also hey. much like you, uh, pff, I'm you, you're not going to see any samples of me traveling around or, or doing any work uh, anytime in 2020, really, because, well, I really can't. But you can see stuff I have done and uh, it's pretty boring, uh, not very cool at all. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Nuclear is Lonely, which uh, I'm, I'm a very boring Twitter person. I choose to mostly <laughs> stay out of it. That's that's my Twitter stance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter is something that uh, you and I have very, very different approaches on. Yes. Um, because I tweet a lot. You tweet very little. Yes. But I read some of your tweets periodically. And I'm glad that you do because I feel like everything that I tweet is is very, very important for everybody's eyes, right? That, yes. I mean, important <laughs> is absolutely the word I would use for your tweets. Yes. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of Twitter, you can also find the podcast on Twitter at I-C-U-P-W-W-E, uh, where we post uh, some cool things every now and then, as well as uh, some things we talk about in the middle of episodes. Um, I am terrible at keeping up with that Twitter account because I'm usually tweeting stupid things on my Twitter account. Yeah, but you should focus a little on that Twitter account. Also, should, yeah, maybe not send the tweet about slapping uh, the current president in the face with a handful of diarrhea and maybe tweet something about ICP every now and then on um, the Twitter account. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But also all of you, if the more you interact on that Twitter, the more we will interact counteract no not counteract what do you call a word i guess interact is the opposite of counteract interact back i guess I'm, yeah i don't know we will react to your actions uh yes. in a way that is uh suitable and fitting just know that every action has an equal and opposite reaction so if you action to us we will reaction to you back on twitter possibly disproportionately we'll see we will very much so see. Um, so, yes, you can follow us on uh, on our Twitter account. Uh, let us know how you like the episodes. Blah, D, blah, D, blah. Uh, until next week, though, Eric, I had a fantastic time, as always. I had a fantastic time with you, and I have to say, this might be one of our worst closes ever. This is us babbling like idiots, and I love it. Guys, for Eric, I'm Aaron. 
Big old whoop whoop out there, and we will see you next week. Whoop whoop. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. Was that from dinosaurs? Yeah, not the mama. Yeah, not the mama. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get, uh, Eric, can I get a clean not the mama, please? Uh, not the mama. Not the mama. Not the mama. <laughs> not the mama. <laughs> not the mama. Okay. <laughs> With that, let's go ahead and begin if you're ready. Bed, bath, and beyond. Buy that shit. Okay. Mention our name at checkout and so you can uh, confuse a teenage cashier. <laughs> <laughs> mention our name at checkout then ask if they have one of those 20 percent off coupons that comes in the mail anyway <laughs> mention our name at checkout so you can get escorted out of the building <laughs> use offer code icupwwe at checkout for uh an error message <laughs> I think that's the I think that's right. I think that's it. I think that's a good one. Bed Bath and Beyond cuz fuck your kitchen and living room. <laughs> <laughs> what what's the beyond part though? To infinity and Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay, I think we have some great post-credit stuff Perfect. here. Perfect. Great. Excellent. <laughs>